Today's episode is brought to you exclusively by the good folks at Blue Note Therapeutics. Blue Note creates digital therapeutics to help cancer patients cope with the emotional distress of our disease. Check out their premier product, COVID Cancer Care, at covidcancercare.com, and we'll keep you posted on more programs that they're going to be releasing soon. Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I'm a stage four colon cancer survivor, and I've got a message for other men. You don't have to go through this alone. What does it mean to man up to cancer? It means reaching out instead of isolating. It means having the courage to accept help along the way. To me, manning up isn't just about being tough. It's about knowing that we're stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. Welcome everybody out there in cancer land and beyond. Today's show is all about our scars. Uh, scars are a great topic. Um, you know, I could talk about mine for a long time because uh, at this point in my cancer journey, I um, think they're pretty cool. Um, so specifically, we're talking about physical, the surgical scars that many of us cancer patients have and the emotional scars that go along with those scars of the flesh. My buddy, Charlie Henricks, a fellow stage four colon cancer survivor from Florida, is going to join me later in the show. Um, before diving in, I want to give you a heads up about next week's podcast episode. Very excited about this. Kellen Wellborn returns as co-pilot, and we have the honor of interviewing Patrick Dempsey. Yes, that Patrick Dempsey. Um... In 2008, Patrick founded the Dempsey Center here in our home state of Maine. The Dempsey Center provides services, classes, workshops that improve the quality of life for people impacted by cancer. And the Dempsey Center is where I have made so many connections and I've done my, I've done individual therapy there. I've done group support there and it is an absolute um, game changer, lifesaver for those of us. Um, who can access those services. So Patrick and Kellen and I had a great conversation and we can't wait to share it with you next week. All right, let's talk about scars. Um, my scars are basically uh, between my belly button and my sternum. And then also, and that those are from my colon surgery and from my second liver surgery. And then I have about a 10 inch scar diagonally across my abdomen from my first liver surgery. I also have a bunch of little scars from different surgical instruments and tubes where those had been placed and my metaports. Um, I've had two metaports in my chest. I have those scars. I also have a scar on my neck from having half of my thyroid removed. And believe it or not, I'm kind of a novice in the scar collection territory compared to a lot of the guys in the Man Up to Cancer Howling Place group. Um, there's some people who have significant collections and pretty impressive. So my relationship with my scars, I'll talk about a little bit for, I guess for a while, I really didn't think much of them other than, well, they didn't necessarily bother me other than remind me of the fact that I've been fighting cancer and that because of the cancer and all the surgeries that I've been through, that I haven't been able to do a lot of the physical things that I've always loved doing. I mean, anyone who knows me knows that I have always been a, 
a physical person. Um, physical, I, I embrace physicality for sure. And, you know, whether it's playing catch with a football or riding the mountain bike, even horsing around with the kids, although they're getting to the point where they're big enough to not be able to do much horseplay with them. Um, workouts with, with weights or kettlebells. I love chopping and, and stacking firewood because we heat use a lot of um, wood heat with our wood stove here at our house in Maine. And, and you know, in the three and a half years that I've been facing cancer, I've been a lot more limited physically. I mean, obviously, a lot of that time has been recovering from surgeries and, and letting those abdominal scars heal. And, and some of it is just, I do have myself to blame a little bit because looking back, I haven't pushed myself physically the way that I probably should have. I've spent a lot of, a lot of time doing other priorities. Um, you know, definitely the man up to cancer stuff and starting that and, and starting the group and starting the podcast and, and the website um, took up a lot of my space when I wasn't spending it with family. Um, and I, and I think I did neglect the, the physical stuff and, but you know, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to get down about that. And, and I've done, I definitely have done some things and I'm, I'm trying to be more physical now as I move forward. Um, and it really wasn't until I went into, I saw this amazing physical therapist, Kate, and she really, it was that when I went to do work with her is when I really realized that I needed to face both the physical and emotional impacts of my scars. The physical first, for sure, um, the scars tighten up. There is adhesions in the abdomen um, that are tethered to the scars. So tightness and pain. And we really did quite a bit of work just loosening up that area, working on adhesions, loosening up my scars, just making it so that I could be more pliable in that area. Uh, Tom Brady's favorite word, by the way, I think, and Gronk. Um, so yeah, and and but it was funny because as we started working on <clears throat> the physical aspect of the scars, it was clear right away from the beginning that we were also tackling the emotional stuff there too. It was like the first two or three sessions when Kate would start working on my scars, start doing, putting hands on, um, on the scars, I would find myself with the tears just flowing. Um, all of a sudden I just get really emotional. I'd, st- I'd really start crying and <clears throat> realized that we were doing some trauma work. There's definitely some trauma associated with those scars. And even though that I know that all those surgeries were life saving and life extending and absolutely necessary, the body had still been, um, and it's hard to even find the word. It's, it's almost like you get, you've been attacked. You've been cut open. You've been sewn up. You've been roughed around. Um, so those, those are traumas. And, and anytime the body goes through a trauma, there's definitely um, the, the emotional aspect of it that kind of gets stored in there. And I think a lot of us keep it down or it's not there consciously. But when I was experiencing that physical therapy with the scar work, with the hands-on work, really access that emotional piece of it, which was great because I'd, I'd rather have it come out than, than have sort of that 
emotional trauma that I'm burying. And, you know, some people don't experience that at all. They don't feel traumatized. They don't, they don't go through that with their scars. That was my experience. So I wanted to share it with you. That really allowed me to come to terms with what had happened and to really embrace my scars as the badass badges of courage that they are. Uh, I take pride in them. They show what I've gone through to survive. And yeah, I'm proud of them. So I am connected to a lot of cancer patients and survivors on social media, mostly Facebook. And a while back, I posted about my scars and I asked my friends on Facebook to finish this sentence. My scars are blank. And the responses were overwhelming. I had about 200 responses, which were all amazing. And I don't have time to share all of them, but I do want to share a bunch of these responses with you now. Let me get those out. From Alec Linkowicz. I'm probably botching that name, but one of the admins of the Howling Place group. My scars are a reminder that I survived. Wes Hensel, another admin of the group. My scars are a constant reminder of the battle I fought and how I was able to overcome so much. My ostomy is my lifesaver. Richard Jew, my scars showed me I was stronger than what was trying to kill me. Clint Hartwig, another admin of the Howling Place group. My scars are proof that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Howard Brown, he had CRS HIPEC surgery, the mother of all surgeries in March 2018, says, my scars are my field of battle wounds. Joe Stecky, from right here in the great state of Maine. My scars are the opening lines of the next great story. Love that one. And David Dubin, the alive and kicking Lynch syndrome man. Um, along similar lines of Joe Stecky, scars are tattoos with better stories. Thanks, David. Scott Zilverberg, my scars are motivation to keep living my best life. Andrea Hart, my scars are badass. Can't even see the laparoscopic colon resection scars sporting an HAI pump. That's the implanted pump in, in the abdomen that delivers chemo straight into the liver. And that is freaking badass. Sean Farah. My scars are a reminder that I'm tough enough to face anything life puts in my way. Marie Mueller Sander, one of my good friends from Colontown that I got to meet in person before pandemic land. Um, Marie says, my scars remind me how strong I am. These are some of mine. A lot of the folks shared these with pictures. The ones you can't see are harder to deal with. Ellie Peterson, my scars are a reminder of perseverance and that I can do this life. Joe Pike, my scars are my reminder to fight. Jen Ketman, my scars are fierce. They remind me to fight every day. Tony Williams, my scars are part of my story that can save more lives than just my own. Love that one. Love all of these. 
another good friend that I met through Colentown and at the San Diego Empowered Patient Leaders uh, Conference, Julie Saliba Clower. She sends a photo and says, one of my scars, this one from two liver resections, accompanied by radiation markers and Herbitux rash. Together, they represent a winding road that I'm proud to have, tra- to have traveled. Julie rocks. Jason Randall, another admin of the Howling Place group. My scars are, are a reminder of why I am still alive. Beth Demansky girding my scars don't define me, and they certainly don't keep me from living a full life. Lindsay Emma, now the mayor of Colon Town, does exceptional work in her community, in the CRC community. Lindsay is a powerhouse, says, My scars are my pain, joy, and sign of strength. Another powerhouse from Colentown, Betsy Post. She um, sent along a photo of her sister who passed away from colorectal cancer. Her name was Pam. Betsy says, my sweet Pam. Her, sh- her scars showed bravery, courage, and life. Thank you, Betsy. Jennifer Bass. My scars not only tell my story, they are proof of life for me. Without my scars from my two C-sections, my boys wouldn't be here. Without bearing the scars from battling cancer, I wouldn't be here. Amanda Ellis Corey, my scar is my trophy for a battle well won. And my friend Ashley Hancock, another great person that I've had stage four colorectal cancer patient who I met through, I believe through Colentown says, my scars are badass and my strength. I now have a matching port scar on the right side as well for my current chemo. And this was a while back. So, again, I collected these a while ago. So some of these people might have um, added some scars to their collection. But I want to thank all of them for sharing and opening up about their scars. If I can get my uh, 14-year-old Elsie to help me with a video, I'll try to get some of these Uh, up on the man some of these photos together in a video up on the man up to cancer website Uh, but thank you to everyone who participated all right now i want to bring in my buddy charlie henricks charlie lives i believe just outside of jacksonville florida and first of all before we say anything else happy birthday charlie thank you thank you get to go around the uh orbit the sun one more time so Good day. 29 never looked so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. So you're, you're 52 today, but you, you're, you have a very young spirit, but you have a, a big family. You have kids and grandkids now. Yeah, we have uh, three grandkids. One was just born June 30th and we have number four will be here end of December, early January. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so you Blessing do live for sure. And you do live outside Jacksonville, yeah? Yeah, I live in, actually in Green Cove Springs, which is south of Orange Park, south and west of Orange Park, Florida. Okay. And is that where you're from originally? No, I was originally, I was born in Minnesota, but I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. I say Charlotte, but Matthews, North Carolina, moved here in 2000, early 2008. And 
and so you are a you're a stage four colon cancer badass and you also have it's Gard, gardner syndrome right am i getting that right correct. yeah gardner syndrome that's correct tell our listeners just a little bit of the cliff's notes on what gardner syndrome is okay so um gardner syndrome is a genetic mutation sometimes they can find in the apc gene sometimes in the myh and sometimes it's undetectable so you can't always find it genetically but the classic symptoms are hundreds, if not thousands of polyps in your colon and you get polyps anywhere, not just your colon. They can go anywhere. Oh, wow. um, and you can get, there's other things you can get too. Um, gosh, it's just, it's all encompassing. You're, you're more predisposed to cancer. Generally speaking, the rule is if it's not found by the age, by age 40, you're not going to live much longer because it's so far progressed. Right. Um, and that's generally speaking. Now there's attenuated FAP, which is people have a uh, slower onset of the disease um, and milder symptoms, but you still have the same ramifications. Um, still can get the same things. For instance, with me, primary concern with me right now is we're watching the pancreas, liver, and lungs um, because we know that's the next place the cancer can progress to yeah we try to stay ahead of the curve not behind it so gotcha gotcha um and so folks should know that charlie is a beloved member of the man up to cancer howling place group um we he's got such a great personality that comes through online and he is super supportive of of all the guys in the pack he's he's always um lifting people up encouraging people inspiring people so, so I'm really excited to talk to him today. So today's show is all about our scars, right? So I reached out to the Wolfpack and asked people to talk about a little bit about their, their surge. These are, <clears throat> excuse me, about their surgical scars. And Charlie wrote this, I'll, I'll read it to you and then we'll talk about it. Initially, I despised my scars, wanted to get scar revision surgery. As time passed and I thought about it more and more, I love my scars. They are a constant reminder of the pure hell thrown at me, yet I survived and became stronger. I wear them as a badge of honor. Um, so this really resonated with me, man. I mean, it's just beautiful writing, first of all. But um, So take us back and tell us a little bit about your scars. Tell us about your scar collection. Yeah, yeah. so um, I'll give a little background first because it'll make sense. Uh, yeah. I know we've talked about it, but from diagnosis to surgery was 10 days for me. Uh, when I had the total colectomy. So I really had a fire hose in my mouth. I didn't, I knew, but I didn't know what was coming. Um, of course I knew it was surgery. I knew it's major surgery, but I had no idea how big those scars were going to be. Um, and the fallout from just the initial surgery, um, I was split open from, uh, just below my sternum all the way down to my lack of a better term, pubic area, <laughs> uh, and fully opened up. And since then, I have had that same uh, surgery or same, I, I call it surgery, but procedure. I've been opened up multiple times in the same spot, uh, seven times. Wow. I'm, I'm sorry, I take that back, eight. <laughs> and it would have been seven. However, the last surgery I had, which was in 2011, which I was going in for the Whipple um, <clears throat> because the um, – trying to think how to put this in words for the layman so they can understand it um yeah so we have a spiegelman scale where they're watching your ampulla your pancreas your duodenum for polyp progression 
Um, and I begged the surgeon, I'm like, please, please, please. I don't want to be open up again. Uh, full. Can you please do this laparoscopically? Well, he tried, he actually did the surgery laparoscopically and then, um, ultimately had to open me up because I flatlined on the table. Um, and it was after he did some tests in the OR and ultimately he had opened me back up and I was bleeding out, um, unbeknownst to him, but he had a sixth sense that actually saved my life. Even though I technically died, he ultimately brought, you know, saved my life because he brought me back. If I'd have been in recovery, I'd be dead. It's amazing. I mean, this is incredible. We were talking about this uh, the other day. So you were actually flatlined. You were, you were dead for five minutes on the operating table. Yep. 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 And that's not the longest and that's not the shortest, but, uh, <laughs> it's definitely an eye-opening experience when, you know, I was sedated for weeks after that and didn't know what happened for probably two months. And then I finally asked him to tell me what happened. And he told me, I was like, holy cow. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely an eye-opening experience for sure. So, so you, I mean, talk about a scar collection. I mean, so, well, there's that one like huge incision all the way down your, your midline. And I imagine you have um, some other ones as well from, from tools and tubes and all that good stuff that we get oh, as yeah. cancer patients, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I actually have, um, you know, from drains, laparoscopic surgery, from procedures. I've got uh, scars still from when they had to reinflate both my lungs three times <laughs> over the course of the past 17 years. You know, so it's, I've got scars all over the place. And, you are, yeah, I mean, talk about a warrior, man. And and so tell me about that first line of your, your comment when you talk about how you initially despise your scars. Tell me about that early time. Um, was it was it like a bitterness or a reminder of, of sort of what you were facing or what, what was it that you didn't like? Well, you know, it, it's like I say, and I kind of got off on a tangent there, but, you know, I had 10 days to prepare for major surgery and I, I, I knew, but I didn't know what was coming. And I had major complications in the first surgery. So of course I was sedated into you know, the scar and saw all this oh, just horrid. You know, you look down, you, I, I knew I was going to be open because my knees had been done before. I knew that, mm. but I had no idea the sheer horror, I guess for lack yeah. of a better term, because you just, you just don't know what to expect. Cause again, I had 10 days to repair, you know, get my house in order try to learn as much as I could and figure out that, you know, what was important to get taken care of before surgery. So that if something happened to me, blah, blah, you know, the whole chain of events, so I really, I knew, but I didn't know. Right. And then you get up and there's like a uh, hundred staples, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and got these tubes in and out, you know, I just, it was really just, it was shocking to be yeah. quite honest. It was just kind of one of those, whoa, moments. And, and then there's the physical part of it, right? I mean, so all of a sudden you're, you're trying to retrain your abdominal muscles. Like, yeah. um, there's the tightness, there's the adhesions, there's all that stuff. So was that a physical struggle for you for a while yeah. with the, the scarring? Yeah. And well, I still get, um, again, I've been open multiple times and I, I still get adhesion pain. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I've got a standing, prescription with my GI Mayo. He rocks by the way, um, for Dilaudid. So from time to time I take it because it just gets unbearable. And you just, it's like, Oh, you just feel it. And sometimes yeah. I just push through it cause I, I don't have a choice, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, kind of going back to what I wrote, you know, early on, I was just like, nah, uh, 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 you know, being <laughs> real, 
it was being real superficial about it. I wanted to get scar revision, but then, you know, the more I thought about it is, is, you know, went further and further into my journey. I went, no, you know what? I'm going to wear these proud because you know what? It's, it's, it, it creates conversation. Sometimes it creates weird conversation. Sometimes it creates uh, weird looks from people. And I don't really care. You know, it's it's my badge of honor. And I wear them knowing full well what I've been through and what could have happened, what the outcome could have been. But here I am. You know, when you, you think about it like that, it, it I guess it just makes it a whole different deal. You know, I get asked about them from people that I don't really know. They see me for the first time in the pool or out on the beach. Sure. Like, Whoa, we had no idea. And I'm like, well, peel an onion, bunch of layers, you know, and then and then it creates a whole different dynamic and gives me a way to educate people about, well, in particular my disease, but about, you know, outcomes and, and I guess some of my motto of life, you know, that, hey, each day is a blessing. And you look at it that way, it, it kind of gives you a different perspective and it uh, it can definitely harden you, you know. The scars you look at them every day. It's a yeah. constant reminder um, of all the crap you've been through. But you know what? Here I am. <laughs> you know, you just you just it is what you make of it, I guess. Right. And you you can look at things two ways: glass half full. Full. I used to be. There was another post we had in the in the uh, group, you know, about what you knew. What would you do differently now that you didn't do early on? You know, what what's something you would have done differently? Yeah. You know, and, and early on in the, uh, particularly after the first surgery, uh, I just let the weakness take over instead of my strong mental attitude. But, you know, you had to, I had to dig my heels in to find that strength. Right. You know, and, 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 and so you mature and it's, I guess it's that whole process of, processing things and understanding what you're going through. And maybe you don't understand everything, but you know what? It's not in our hands. You just have to uh, push through it. And uh, it's really easy to be Debbie Downer. You know, I, I think, I think it was back in 2009. Yeah. 2009. I had to have emergency surgery because they perforated my bowel when they did um, my scopes. And I was just done. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm tired of fighting this crap. And I called my best friend. We've known each other eh, 37 mm. years, almost 38. <laughs> and I called him on the phone. I'm like, dude, I'm done. I'm not yeah. fighting anymore. And he, he said to me, he says, you listen to me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you strap on your boots tighter. You put on your armor and you fight. This is not <sighs> the Charlie I know. I know it's tough and I know you're tired, but you know what? Get off your ass. Love it. You know? And and so he helped me. And that was again, another point of weakness, but you know, you fighting for so long, you know, hundreds of procedures, multiple surgeries. Absolutely. It just wears you down. And, and uh, so at that point, that was probably the lowest. I was, I was ready to throw in the towel and that's just being, hundred percent transparent. I was, I was done. I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing treatments anymore. I'm not going to see Mayo. I'm not, no, I'm just going to live the rest of my days. How I'm going to live. And, uh, he, he lit a, lit a fire. So reignited wow. the fire. Maybe that's a better way to say it. he, yeah, he helped yeah. reignite that fire. So. That is, I mean, and that's what, that's what man up to cancer is all about is those yeah. types of friendships to have, 
that camaraderie where someone reaches out to you in your darkest place because man I, so many of us can identify with what you're talking about going through that valley getting to that point where you're just like I'm done like I just don't yeah. have what it takes to do this anymore and I think so many people reach that point whether they want to admit it or not but the funny thing is you can reach that point and then and then get reignited and then come out on the other side even stronger. I think sometimes you have to go through those valleys to yes. get to those mountaintops. I agree 100%. You know, I came out stronger than I ever was before. Right. You know, and then after my last one in 2011, that really <clears throat> pushed me to really sharpen that strength, you know, and, yeah. and you know, you throw in on the way, you know, some of the other stuff that's happened in my life too. My sister died. She and I both should have died together in 09. And then my mom died in 2012. My dad died in 2014. You throw that in with everything else. I mean, sometimes you just go, when's enough enough? Wow. You, know, you look at it again. It's another one, the way you can look at it, right? Yeah. Instead of saying, why me? Why not me? You know, I knew I was given this for a reason, you know, it was because, because it, whatever you believe, Christian, Buddhist, I don't care, higher power yeah. knows you can handle it. And you're given it for a reason because you're strong. And part of one of the things when I first came into the group, it's fantastic because it's guys only. You know, and we tend to talk more openly than when right. there are other females involved. And it's nothing, it's not a disrespect sure. to women, but guys need guys and guys need to be, you know, um, willing number one but also understand that no, there's no judgment with us yeah that's it and uh i think anybody in that group would help anybody if if you needed it you know i do i do Absolutely. believe that so so i love what you talk about with that process you know of, of the scars be them the the physical ones or, or the emotional ones but that that process you can't skip that process there's no fast forward button like you know so early on and and sometimes it just takes time it takes time to maybe, maybe like, and I know I looked at my scars early on in a different way that I look at them now. And I think that time just had to go by and I had to, I had to get that strength and go through those ups and downs. And now, and now like you, same thing, like, man, I'm proud of it. I was at the beach yesterday. Yeah. I'm walking around like, Hey, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I've been through this. You want to ask me about it? Great. I'll tell you about it. Yep. Um, you know, we come up with funny stories around it. My kids, my, our, our girls love, showing it off they're like check out my dad like shark bite <laughs> <laughs> well you know and it's funny too sometimes little kids will ask questions and i'll make up some crazy story yes. just to throw them off but you know it's the reality is it's again it's what you make of it right you can you can use it for positive um and and it does it's it's a process you you can't skip feelings you can't Oof. skip Um, well, sometimes grieving that your once perfect body is no longer perfect. You have these things and it's our normal, you know, grief. And, yes. That's what I was just thinking. That was that. the exact same word that I was thinking of is, is there is a grieving process to, to, to accept the fact that you're not, you know, that, that, that things have changed from what they were before. Yeah. And it, and it is, and you can't skip that. You know, it's, if you do, it's mm. going to hang around and hang around and hang around and eat at you and eat at you and, Everybody deals with it a different way. Everybody grieves differently. Everybody lets go. 
but you have to, you know, and there's no, it's not in your control. You know, it's, I think another thing I learned along the way is I'm not in control of how my body responds means mm. far as and how to heal and everything else, but I'm in control of my attitude, you know, and, and my attitude is I'm not going down without a fight. And I'm, if I go down, I'm gonna go down smiling. You know, I refuse to cave in and give up and, you know, just let it win, you know, whatever, whatever it is, it's not in my control. All I can control is my attitude. And it kind of circles back to the scar thing, right? I can't control that. Right. But I took it as a, okay, what can I do with this? What can I learn from it? How can I grow? How can I help expand other people's minds and um, just go with it? You know, and that's, that's what you got to figure out. So. And I get goosebumps a lot on this show from guests and you've, you've done it a couple times to me already today. So thank you, brother. I mean, you are, you're a great speaker. You have such an inspirational story. Uh, and, and I'm so glad that you could share part of it today. I definitely want to bring you back in the future to, to talk more about t- what you've gone through. You know, today we're talking about scars and, and we're kind of focusing on that. But man, you have, you know, I think you mentioned that your wife calls you Charlie the cat because you've used up several of your nine lives. Yeah. We're hoping that you keep that under the nine number. <laughs> Me too. Me too. And coincidentally, uh, Trevor, you know, I've been working on a book for years and, uh, I just got to, I just got to sit down and finish it. Absolutely. And it's, it's kind of chronicling some of the stuff I've been through from a mental and physical perspective. And it's, and it's hard sometimes to get the words on paper and get the thoughts the way I want to convey them. I don't want pity. I don't want sorrow. I want somebody to look at that and go, okay, wow, look at what he's been through. How can that be? How can that be helpful to me? Well, this needs that that needs to happen because one thing we haven't talked about you that people need to know, and I hope it's okay to bring it up, is you're a bit of a um, you're you're a straight shooter. First of all, if people you know don't want the truth, they probably shouldn't talk to you. That's correct. Um, A little bit of a rabble rouser, you know. You're not afraid to uh, to mix it up here and there when things need to get mixed up. So I just call it like I see it. And sometimes uh, people hate me for that, but it's, you know, it's my truth. Sometimes Facebook hates you for that. I think you've been in jail a bunch of times. <laughs> right. Well, as you know, they, they, they permanently deleted my original profile that I had 3,400 <laughs> friends on because they said oh, my man. entire profile went against community standards. Not a post. <laughs> my entire profile. Like, what? Unreal, man. We're not going to get into the, yeah, I mean, we should, this would take like a whole nother hour to dive into the fact that that's a bunch of bullshit, but, um, no, I just, I love how much of a straight shooter you are. We need more people like that. And so anything you're going to be writing down in terms of like telling it how it was and how it is in your journey, man, I think that's got bestseller written all over it. Um, so sit down and finish that. It's time. Yeah, I need to, I need to. And that's, and that's been, uh, my goal is to have that book finished by 2022 some point. And I've got some other goals too, but that's one of them is to get that book finished and get it out there to, uh, again, tell my story. It's, it's not, yeah. you know, for self-promotion is to help people, you know? And, and you have been, what do you want to say? Stable, cancer-free? What, what's your language for how you've yeah. been for a while now? Um, I've been stable since NED technically since 2006 
So from that standpoint, it's been a while, but we're always watching, you know, it's, it's, right. I, I can't do MRIs anymore because I've got another scar in my chest is for my AICD. So I can't do MRIs, but we do PET scans and CT scans and all that stuff. So we just, again, we're just trying to stay ahead of it, ahead of it and not be behind it because you don't want to be behind it. That's for sure. Could you, yeah, absolutely. So back, I mean, could you have imagined 15 years ago saying you're going to be here 15 years from now and, and, you know, <laughs> inspiring others with your story? No, honestly, no. Yeah. No, I, when you look, when I look back at things, I'm in awe that I'm still here. You know, it's, 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 and that's a true story because there's, again, you look at it, <clears throat> uh, particularly in 2009. You know, that's when my sister died and um you know i should have died at the same time you know i was i was on death's door i actually did die and they brought me back mm. you know so again you just look at that and go wow if you'd have told me after the first surgery and all the crap i went through after that that i would still be here this long after i'd have told you you're crazy i have a bunch more questions and this conversation has just sparked a bunch more thoughts and questions that I have for you, but I'm not going to go there right now because we're just going to wrap up the show on scars, but I definitely want to bring you back sooner rather than later to sort of walk, unpack a lot of this stuff and walk through what you've been through. Cause man, what a journey, Charlie Hendricks, happy birthday, happy 52nd. And uh, it's just been a pleasure to, to talk to you today. Thanks so much. Thanks. And uh, as always, if anybody uh, needs some input, needs an ear, whatever y'all know how to get old of me so all right brother we'll see you in the wolf back thank you thanks for listening to the man up to cancer podcast if you want to get behind our mission you can connect with us subscribe to our email list and check out our other content at manuptocancer.com and if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring let him know about us the wolf pack doors are always open Big thanks again to Blue Note Therapeutics for sponsoring today's podcast. Blue Note creates digital therapeutics to help cancer patients cope with the emotional distress of our disease. Check out their premier product, COVID Cancer Care, at covidcancercare.com.